Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Western Washington. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining me today is Jamie Christen. How are you, LB? I think you need to turn your mic on, babes. It's on. Can you hear me now? Can I? <laughs> <laughs> can you like hear the, me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Well, hopefully, it looks like the mic can see you, so. Good. <laughs> and our other guest co-host is Ryan Ryle of Rainier. How's it going? Fantastic. It is a balmy, dark, gray fall <laughs> northwestern evening. <laughs> I know, and I think I caught that photo of Bellevue with blue sky. Earlier today. Yes, it was. It was, it was like an hour ago, maybe. It, it's crazy. It's like yeah. we get... I, I, it's funny because you know you get these little glimmers of sun, and and that's I think it's going to be what our Indian summer kind of was. It's this little oh yeah, it's still kind of here, but not really. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well, today we're going to be chatting about bring the bringing back of the R to the Seattle skyline, its history, what socially savvy sync up means, and of course doing our socially acceptable and unacceptable. So. Uh, we have a fantastic interview with Brian Bruce on his new wines, and we would love to hear from you, so feel free to call in and chat in the conversation at 323-843-6090. Today's show is brought to you by Leone Wines and Rainier Beer. And with that, we're going to start with something that I was sitting here talking about. We're going to be talking about Rainier Beer because of the history and everything that comes into it. Um, but interestingly, I thought we would start off with a Rainier beer tasting because you just assume when you live in the Northwest that everybody has had Rainier beer. And I started thinking about it. I'll bet you there's a lot of people who don't know about Rainier beer. I have known about Rainier beer my entire life and remember the commercials, but I literally until now have not ever tasted Rainier beer. See, and I'm, I'm betting that there's a lot of people that are that way. Well, and what do you think of it? I love it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, we've got Ryan here. We're going to have him tell us a little bit about the history and the beginnings of this beer as soon as he cracks one open. Uh, yeah, I was going to start with that. <laughs> I there love that. <laughs> to, to beer drinkers everywhere, that is the sound of, of just heaven. Sound of refreshment. Yes, and it especially is. Especially in our nice new uh, throwback to 1963 Jubilee cans. Um, so Rainier, you know, uh, Seattle icon. Um, so this week is a huge historical event for us um, because we are re-putting re the R back up on the old brewery down in Georgetown. Um, it's been 13 years since it was taken down for the Tully's Tea. That's Thank so crazy. Goodness it's coming back up. Um, prior to that, it was up for 50 years. Wow. Um, with Rainier, you know, it's older than Washington as a state. Um, <laughs> it was introduced 35 years before Washington was even a state. Um, I believe 1878 is the year that it was uh, first brought together with Seattle Brewing and Malting Company. Wow. Um, Rainier, Ronier, Vitamin R, those are some of the little local names that everybody knows it, knows it for. Um, some question whether the mountain was named first or the beer. <laughs> um, I love that part. It's like that chicken before the egg, which one came first? But nope. I mean, the mountain may have come first. It's the naming of it nobody's quite sure of. And one thing we do know is that the Tacoma Rainiers, um, they are actually named after the beer. We're owned by the brewery for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, you cannot taste our beverages down there because of politics and money, I guess. I unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just be very politically correct and socially yeah. savvy and leave it at that. We'll actually, it at it's that. not even politically correct because we don't do that on this show. <laughs> So um, just a few tasting notes, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, what's the difference between other lagers or light-style beers? 
Um, with some of your more premium um, domestics, um, you are looking at more uh, carbonation, a little crisper taste. Um, with Rainier, it's a little maltier. Um, it has a clear, pale straw color and a foamy, bone white head. Head is actually a good thing to have on beer. It actually brings aroma um, to your nose, whereas a lot of people know a lot of your taste comes from your smell. Um, it has a grassy, grassy hop notes uh, blended with light grains and silky sweet corn malt flavor. Now, these are just some tasting notes that I'm reading, but, you know, when you go to explain it, um, it's more of a light-bodied, medium carbonation with a crisp, malty finish. Um, when you're looking at your main domestics, you're looking at a lot more carbonation, crisper um, finish to it, and um, not as much flavor, per se. Um, with this one, you can definitely taste the malt and uh, a lot of the hops, which are Yakima Valley hops, uh, Chinook, Nugget, Mount Hood, and Willamette hops are all integrated together in the beer. That's pretty cool. So um, when you're talking about the beginnings of beer, I mean, you probably know a little history about beer in general, um, where it came from or what was, you know, hops, obviously barley's being a very inexpensive way to brew. Well, with uh, with a quick little history of the beer, um, nobody really knows how far back it goes. Um, beer, I think, was made by accident and became... Uh, <laughs> I love that. Very, very uh, important, actually, in history, um, dating back, I think, like, I don't, I, something B.C. I mean, it's way back. They, don't, way they back actually then. don't know. They keep finding stuff older and older, like possible old beer recipes that some breweries are trying to incorporate and make. Oh, wow. Um, and with, like, with hops, and you see, your, you see your, a lot of your domestics are your main beers, but you're seeing a big surge of IPAs. Pale ales, um, with the, where those stem from, IPAs are, it's uh, called India Pale Ale. Um, they're usually considered more bitter, um, a lot more hop flavor to them. Where that stems from is um, in India, when they were going across the desert, they needed some way to be able to make the beer last. Um, so with that, they put a lot more hops and it made it last their journey through the desert instead of going sour and ruining so I, I've heard, because I'm not a, a big beer drinker, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like their beer crisp and cold. Yep. But apparently drinking a warm beer, not a big deal. Uh, well, you know, when they first started brewing beer, there was no refrigeration. Right. So beer is actually, um, and you look at a lot of craft beers and some of their, their glassware, um, some in particular like New Belgium, they have their little chalice style or um, almost like a little wine glass looking uh, glass that you drink out of and the whole thing with that is you pour your cup or you pour your beer in there and you put your hand on it and the, your hand actually slowly warms it up a little bit which actually later on lets more uh, aromas and smells and uh, scents and everything come to your nose and, and it actually changes the profile from when you're drinking it ice cold to as it starts warming up a little bit it actually changes throughout that process wow all the things I didn't know about beer. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm, I'm still learning daily. And I, hopefully I didn't get any of this wrong that I just said. But <laughs> So how long has the this... Um, so tell us a little bit about this upcoming event. I know there's a few things coming up between now and the actual raising of the R, and there's been a few events. So kind of tell us how this all came about and um, what's going on. 
Um, well, I don't. I know the only thing I know with Tully's was that they ended up going kind of under, and we thought it was a great opportunity to look at bringing the R back up because it is going to bring the skyline back to Seattle. Um, anybody driving that I-5 corridor, I know there's a lot of people that miss seeing the big red R up there. Well, and it was so prominent in commercials, like, we, you know, as a kid, and, you know, obviously not drinking beer, uh, hopefully, as a kid, <laughs> but you still remember that Rainier yep. beer. I mean, there's all the crazy and the, and the Rainier reindeers. Yep. <laughs> so over the past couple of years, we've had um, a lot of growth with Rainier. So we've seen, we've taken that opportunity and put some money into it to where we've brought back the grazing Rainiers. We use them every now and then. We've had some fun promotions like giving away a Harley. We're doing uh, giving away some bicycles. We, we team up with local companies a lot like Raleigh Bicycles. They've made some for us. And so we took this as an opportunity. Hey, why don't we look at bringing the R back? And we teamed up with Columbia Distributing, who's our, our distributor here in Seattle. Uh-huh. And they were all for it, too, because they see the potential with what, we're, with what the brand is doing and putting that iconic uh, symbol back up in the skyline. Um, Western Neon, they are the ones who uh, made this happen uh, as far as building the R. Um, well, let me jump back a little bit further. Last year we had the MOHI, which is Museum of History and Industry. They uh, were part of helping us restore and put the R back up in their museum. So we did a little contest and we restored the original R on the brewery and now it is a permanent centerpiece um, at the Mohai. Oh, you wow. go in, there's a giant uh, kind of like tall grid structure with a few different things in it and the R is right up on top and it's actually interactive where you turn the wheel and it lights up and there's a couple other things in there. and throughout the whole museum there's little parts where you see Rainier and, and, and you know it's, it's a big part of Seattle history and Washington history so um, so then Western Neon, the one that we're putting up is an exact replica. I believe it's 12 foot by 12 foot. thing's monstrous. <laughs> and um, last week they had, a ni- they had a big private party and went through a lot of beer. Um, and then tomorrow, Tuesday, they're actually um, putting it on a flatbed trailer. And we're rolling it around. It's called the R Pub Crawl. And uh, That thing's going to be epic. Yeah, there's going to be live tweets. There are going to be a f- multiple stops between 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I believe, and 2 in the morning. Where? It's going to be rolling around in Fremont, okay. Ballard, Capitol Hill, Pioneer Square, Georgetown. That's going to stop all some the, serious traffic. Yeah, all the main parts. <laughs> traffic the- warning to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit yourself down in one of the pubs and enjoy. Yeah. Have yourself a beer. <laughs> but we looked at this as this is an opportunity for people to get an up-close and personal look at it, um, get some pictures with it. And just have fun with it. I mean, this week is, for me, super busy. For everybody else, it's going to be a great time. Super fun. Um, You know, it's historic. And then Thursday, the 24th, is our big event. This is when we're putting the R back up. There's going to be, and this is open to anybody that wants to come down. Um, It's all ages. There is going to be a giant beer garden where, you know, that's 21 and over, obviously. Um, We are... All the proceeds going, are going to the Benevolent Guild of Seattle and the Mohai. Now, um, now, what is that? The Benevolent Guild, I'm not exactly sure on that one. I just know that's where part of the charity is going to. Okay, and then, sorry. And then the <laughs> Mohai, the Museum of History and Industry. <laughs> that, that's my fault for probably not looking that up. But that's, that's where all the proceeds are going. We're going to have rock climbing wall, photo booth, party games. Um, and then around, and that starts at 4. Um, 
runs till probably about 8 or 9, but around 6.40 is when the big party's happening. We're having the mayor there. He's going to do ribbon cutting, and we're going to do a countdown, and the R is going to go up, be lit, and, you know, cheers. There it'll be. There it'll be. Again, again. It's back in where it belongs. (laughs) That is so amazing. That's so awesome. So um, the location for the main event again? It's on Airport Way. It's at the old brewery. Um, if you want an exact address, it's 3100 Airport Way South um, in Seattle, 98134, um, right before you get to Georgetown area. And then afterwards, actually, we're doing a giant pub crawl through Georgetown. Um, oh, wow. You know, if anybody's been down there, there's like a nice little uh, steady stream of bars, very great bars for our brand and uh, many other local brands down there. And uh, hopefully they're all prepared for the chaos that's going to ensue on a, on a Thursday night <laughs> before the weekend. But, yeah, it's gonna, it should be a lot of fun. Well, we're super excited. I know that we have uh, been posting about your event and actually had you as a sponsor at another event yesterday. Um, just a quick little hint of pink that was uh, raising money for the cure just to kind of get people aware that what's going on and uh, what a big, Thank huge you. deal this is. I mean... It's really, you know, it's always sad when you see history stop. I mean, everything has a beginning, everything has an ending. But to have this resurface, and it's like we were talking a little bit about it earlier. People were like, such a shame that it went down. But I thought you made a great point. Gives us the opportunity to have this big party and put it back up. <laughs> and I love that. It's like it's not very often you get to, you know, celebrate something or, or find a way to restore or bring something back. Our culture has a tendency to spend a lot of time I'm just kind of letting things go. Yeah. And mm. it, it's good to see that this isn't to let go. It's a, uh, hey, we're still here, and, and let's let's redo this again. Let's yeah. celebrate. Let's put things back to the way they were before. So. Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, we're not going to reopen the brewery um, anytime soon, but this is a nice little step towards showing that we are still a local favorite um, and a, a very, very growing brand at the moment. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that and uh, looking forward to Thursday when we're drinking your beer. Come one, come all. Along with hopefully a few thousand other people. (laughs) Okay, so our first tasting was Rainier Beer. Um, If you've never traded before and you live in the Northwest, you definitely have to try it. If you are visiting, it's definitely a try. Um, The history that's wrapped up in it is amazing, as we've just discussed. So uh, just fun, a lot of fun. Um, For all those beer lovers, I um, know that there's going to be a couple of uh, very special cans that are coming out over the next couple of years, so keep your eyes open. Something to collect some memorabilia. Yeah, fun fun memorabilia put up on your bar wall. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to have our second tasting of the show. Um, I thought with us going into the holidays and all the fun that goes along into that, um, I have never been a big pork drinker. Um, only because I've never really been exposed to a whole lot of them. So I was in at one of our sponsors, Leone, and we were chatting, and they had these cute little stubby bottles. And there's just something about cute little stubby bottles that makes you go, what's in that? Um, So we got to talking, and she said, well, hey, let's have you try it on the show. And it's a Cabernet Franc. It's called Vin Dolce. It's a 2006 from Columbia Valley. Again, this is an Italian-based wine. So we're going to be giving this a try. I have no idea what to expect. I'm super excited about this, which is one of the reasons why I absolutely love wine tasting, especially on air. You're going to get very um, honest opinions from us. Um, And, you know, we all like to drink our wine. We like to drink all of our different, you know, spirits and stuff. But uh, we're not 
what do you call it, wine connoisseurs. So for all of you who aren't wine connoisseurs, we're going to, you can use our words because we're pretty basic. <laughs> well, I have a little knowledge in that. And if it is like a port, then it is going to be a lot more sweet, more like a dessert wine. So. That's what I understood, yeah. Yep, that's sweet. <laughs> that is an awesome dessert wine. That is the sweetest wine I have ever tasted. Have you not had Rieslings before? Really? Of any wine that I've tried, this is definitely. I've had some sweet Rieslings and some really sweet Gertzes, and I can never, Gertzenbeiner or what? Gertzenbeiner. <laughs> I've got to learn how to say that, because eventually I'm going to be trying that on the show. Um, but yes, this is, it's, what's interesting about it is it has a very deep, rich color to it. It's very cherry-like. Um, you can see the legs on it are, are just very decadent. Um, it's, it's got a beautiful color, like I was saying, and, and like you were saying, very sweet, has cherries and, and just very juicy. Um, I think this would be a lot of fun with chocolate torts, um, yes. fresh fruits, cremes, um, pretty much any. Actually, I think this would be divine with your desserts that are, have a tendency to be a little bit less sweet, like maybe a flan. Yep, flan or a very, a very bitter, maybe chocolate. Oh, yes, a very deep, Something dark, very yeah. Deep and bitter. Wonderful. Oh, like caramel. Well, salty or like a salty caramel would go really well with that. Oh, what a great idea. I love it. Sure. So thank you, Leone, for sharing with us. Uh, you can find their wines over in Woodenville at the Silver Lake Wine Tasting Room, or you can go to girlygirlwines.com, and they should have links to all of their other wines. We love their, them. Their showroom is fantastic, their tasting room. Yes, and they're revamping it. So as soon as they get the revamp done, we will be um, going in and doing a show live. Pop Chips, thanks to the magic of popping, they found a way to pop all the flavor in while keeping fake stuff and at least half the regular fat of flavored chips out. They take the finest natural ingredients, add a little heat and pressure, and pop, it's a chip. You can find them at a grocery store near you or online at www.popchips.com. Alrighty, so, socially savvy think. I was thinking about this and, you know, dialogue, everything being all about internet and socializing and social medias and you know, you're syncing your phone, you're syncing your computer, you're syncing this. And I thought, let's sync our social experience. Um, you know, one of the buzzwords of the season, uh, I don't think we always uh, walk through a mental process of what that looks like. Uh, I think a lot of people literally go, hey, there's a party, or hey, I'm going to go to a gallery or to a fashion show, and they read the introduction or the, um, what do you call it, uh, Invitation. See, wow. Hello. Need to have myself some food. Um, read the invitation and go. All right, I'm just going to go. And they don't put a whole lot of thought process into it. They walk in. They show up to an event. They do their thing and they go home. Um, one of the biggest complaints I hear is people wonder why they don't get invited to more things, and they wonder why they're not connected, and they wonder why they can't have the same social experience as what they're seeing other people, or they don't feel as confident, or they don't feel, they don't feel, they don't feel. And I started thinking about it. Well, there's no prep work going into it. Seriously. I, I think we're talking lots of different types of prep work. Oh, yes. Lots of different types of prep work. Um, you know, from the clothing that you're going to wear. Yes. Um, thinking through the details of that. I think a lot of people go in. The thing to remember about socially syncing up is you want to make sure that you're in tune with what the purpose of that event is. With that in mind, you want to make sure that you're presenting the best you that that fits that 
scenario. So for instance, you know, information, you know, for an idea here, if you're going to a PTSA meeting, you're not going to wear your Jersey Shore Klingon dress to the PTA meeting. Why not? Um, <laughs> if you want people to like you and you don't want to get beat with the books on the way out. Um, same thing goes when you're going to any event. You know, you want to make sure that if you're unfamiliar with the territory, that you, it's not necessarily about fitting in, but so you seem approachable. Well, and that's, I think that's a huge part of going out is being appropriate for where you are. So if you're going to a you know, comfortable bar, maybe your neighborhood bar, then taking that you know, extra, extra time to dress it up is perfect. You, you want to be comfortable where you're at and dressed for the occasion. Um, case in point, last night at the fashion show, there were plenty of people who really took the time to Go out of their way. Go out of their way to be a little bit more fashionable, but it was also an event for breast cancer, and I loved that I kept seeing those hints of pink on people. You were wearing all black and then had pink shoes. I <laughs> loved that. Um, I actually enough. designed my entire outfit around the event so that I was I know. I love the pink, the pink scarf underneath the cute little vest. I was like, okay, only you could think of that. <laughs> That was adorable. So, and, and that's, you know, I love that. I love that we, when you go out, you have an opportunity to do something more fun. I think a lot of people really love Halloween for that purpose. You get dressed up. Well, you have that opportunity in other ways at every occasion that you are a part of. Yeah, use it. Maybe, Enjoy it. Maybe for that uh, rainier restoring of the R, we could wear some something something very appropriate for that. Oh, that's yeah, a that good, you know, that's a good thing. A, a good point is, you know, what would be, if you're, if you're going to support a, heck, go to the, I bet you if you hit some Goodwills, you could find some old Rainier t-shirts. How fun would that be? Uh, it might be harder to find, but it'd be worth a shot. I mean, hey. I would imagine that those are pretty hard to come by. I see stuff all the time. It's bizarre. Well, this is Seattle. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I like that. So Rainier Red. So Rainier I'm going to need to make sure I've got Rainier Red on for Thursday. I like it. Oh, we've got the invitation. It's gone. I love that. Match the envelope. <laughs> um, so some of the other things to think about when you're talking about thinking up your your sav- you know being savvy and thinking up your life. Identify the social scene you want to be involved in. Um, you want to know. You don't want to just start arbitrarily going to social scenes unless you feel comfortable being able to bounce around from topic to topic. Um, or from scene to scene and, and understanding what's going to be expected in that scene. Because, for instance, if you go in, we were going to an event for a while that was mostly um, artists, um, a lot of actors, and um, very social, philanthropic people in the community. Um, now, I was walking with the camera, so it was cool because when you, when you have something like that, you're automatically accepted because you're taking pictures, you're, you're bringing, enhancing, you're bringing something to the event. Um, a lot of people don't think about bringing something to an event. When they bring themselves, they're expecting to take something away. Um, and that's a thought process I think a lot of people really need to put in check and ask themselves, what it is, is it that I can bring? Um, you know, being socially savvy, one of our, our big things is make every event better because you were there. You know, if you weren't there, what what would be missing? Somebody who was inviting, somebody who um, was a very attentive, somebody who asked the right questions, or maybe somebody who just very quietly was very attentive, even if they didn't know what to say or do. Well, and whether or not you are actively involved in the event, whether you're working at the event or you're helping with something or you've helped to coordinate your hostess or you're just 
um, someone who is invited and you're coming to enjoy, there's something that you can contribute. Oh, most definitely. Always, you know, always being aware of those around you and, and, you know, what can I do to help or right. is this where I should be? Can should I, I be doing it this way, that way? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> being very gracious because whether it's a small house venue or it's a large fashion show, right? there's, there's always someone that could use some help or, you know, just someone that may be sitting alone, strike yeah, go up over a conversation. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Ryan. I always bring my I'm the beer guy. What an, what questions can I answer for you? Oh, I love so, that. <laughs> uh, you know, just just right off the bat when I when people know I'm the beer guy, it's like, "Oh, really?" And then it just goes on from there, so. Well, and and maybe, you know, if you, if you're uncomfortable in going into a situation, have have something. And and this, you know, it was perfect. This part falls perfectly into what was coming up next. You must have a genuine interest in the scene or don't bother going. So, have something, you know, be interested in art if you're going to go to a, a, a gallery. Be interested in um, plays and performances if you're going to go to that. If you don't have the interest and you're trying to develop one, that's okay too, but you have to be genuine because even though people don't always identify why they don't like you, people still get vibes. And it's amazing how how prevalent that can be in a social scene. Well, what would you say to someone who maybe is going to an event to support someone else who really does have a genuine interest in that, but maybe they don't have an interest in that? How would you Um again, they're going with genuine that? intent to support and that's that's perfect. Um in in that particular instance if you know where you're again, anytime you know where you're going and particularly if it's not something you're you're overly fond of, um, maybe try to find, do some research on that event and try to find something that could be interesting for you or that you could, at least allows you to dialogue with people. Um, sometimes even saying, you know, it's not my thing and this is why can create a really cool dialogue as long as it's not confrontational, as long as it's not rude or it doesn't put anybody down. So that was a really great question. I like that. There's, there's plenty of occasions, I think, that we go with a significant other or a friend and we go with support. Maybe we don't particularly want to be there personally, but we want right. to be there for them. I think my husband does that a lot. So, you know, <laughs> knowing, having, having an arsenal of sidebar conversations, yes. you know, questions to ask, finding other people who maybe look like they're lost. lost or with someone who is a part of the crowd. Yeah. Well, and you see a lot of that because especially when you're dealing with couples, it's very rare where two people love all the same things all the time, want to do all the same things. So inadvertently, if it's a true social scene, you're going to see, you know, the wives that don't really get it all kind of sitting together drinking their wine and they're talking about whatever, you know, they can find to relate about. Um, One of my favorite things when I'm in a social scene that I don't understand is to have some cool, and I'm not talking something that you know, dramatic, like political views or, you know, something terrible that's happening in the world. Have some cool little local tidbit of something that's just recently happened that is inspiring or um, that takes levity away from anything. And it's amazing that the conversations, you can start with something like that. Maybe maybe a couple of conversation starters that you have under your belt for... Always, always, always. Well, and and that also... um, it's really helpful if you do take the effort to, you know, maybe dress up a little bit different. Yeah. Your outfit can always be a conversation starter. Oh, with guys, their ties, their pocket ties, squares, women, women jewelry, their jewelry, accessories, yes. shoes. Shoes. Shoes are a big, huge one. Yeah. So big, huge one. Prepare yourself. Well, and I want to go back to what Ryan was saying. You know, he shows up and he goes, I'm the beer guy. If you have your, your, your thing, 
your shtick, you know, that you're known for that. Um, you know, for me, it was photography for a long time. That was my thing. And now it's, you know, the the host of Socially Savvy. That's my thing. And they're like, well, what does that look like? You know, well, what does that mean? And I mean, I've had people, it's funny, I've had people come up to me and go, well, you really have to watch what you're doing then, don't you? And I go, well, what do you mean? They go, well, with a show like Socially Savvy, you have to be very careful about what you do. And I go, no, I don't. And I said, most of my topics and me talking about mistakes and what not to do is because I fall flat on my face. You know, so dialogues and conversations like that that you can make people laugh. It's not necessarily making yourself the butt of the joke, but it's it's bringing humor into it in a way that you can take it on and, and makes you very relatable well, to people. Well, being real and sincere and relatable is truly what people are looking for, especially in, in anybody that is known in a community, um, whether they be a big-time celebrity or, you know, small-time, to see to see the reality of life and have that uh, just openness. Oh, yeah. It makes you more relatable and more approachable. Well, and people are starving for real. I mean, this reality TV show that's not real, it's like people, they meet people and they're like, are they really that nice? I I know people that are like, there's no way they're that nice because they see so much fake all the time, so. My life has been the butt of a joke, so I, but here's here's, here's the difference. I own it. I I take it and I'm like, here we go. See, now, and that's awesome. I think that is fantastic when you have that, that thought process. It's like, if you're good with that, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think being a little more transparent and being more real just makes you so much more approachable. And I know for myself personally, I love being around people who are just real. I do, too. I think it's awesome. Um, uh, last on this little topic, and then we'll go into our socially unacceptables, we also have a wine interview that I want to play for you guys uh, when... Jamie and I went to Wine Wednesdays at Spazzo, the local Italian joint over in Redmond. Um, but first, understanding the difference between socializing and networking. And I know if you've listened to the show, you've probably heard the say, me say this a million times. Um, it is really, 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 and I can't emphasize this enough, as you start getting into an escalated social experience to understand the difference between two, true socializing and networking. Um, networking is one of those things where, yeah, we are all driving business. We're all, you know, working to succeed. But networking is not appropriate everywhere. Um, that's why the, the catchphrase, a business card is offered, not asked for. I mean, it, yes, you don't ever, no, I'm sorry, I screwed that up, is asked for, never offered. So if I, we're talking and we're talking about something, I can't believe I screwed that up, wow. Um, <laughs> I was thinking networking. You're, tra- you're and, trying to rewrite that. Well, in networking, it's the opposite. They're always like, offer your business card, offer your business card. But in true socializing, it needs to be asked for. Um, if you're busy taking out a business card and offering it to somebody and they've said nothing to you about that, you're, you've, actually thrown several things into play. Number one, you're not paying attention to what they said. You're showing disinterest and you're showing a very selfish side of yourself. Number two, it's very distracting when you're pulling a card and shoving it in somebody's face. It's annoying, although that's a really cool card, <laughs> a little Pops card. Um, and it, it, it can take your attention away just like that. Hello. I mean, pew, squirrel. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan handed me his business card. I love that. And I went, squirrel. So cool. It is. Yeah. It's very cool. And, and, and on a positive, on a positive <laughs> just, thing, you know, is that, that's not necessarily negative, but it was. That, that's a perfect example of how distracted. It's like, oh, that's a really cute card. And you get, you know, sidetracked. Um, but more importantly, there are people who are very upfront. And, and if somebody, you go to offer a business card and they go, no, thank you. Okay. Now what? 
Yeah, you just kind of killed that conversation right there and made it extremely awkward. Awkward, exactly. So if somebody's really interested, or it, and sometimes it's not even that they're interested, if they have a genuine need for your services, between all the they'll social media and everything, they will ask or they'll say, hey, where can I find you on Facebook? Where can I find you? You know, Do you have a Twitter? Um, can I give you my business card? Understand if you ask that question, you better be ready for a no, and you better be okay with it. Um, the other thing is, is if you ask a question, uh, there's a lot of passive-aggressive people. Just be willing to throw your business cards away because I can't tell you how many events I walk out and I see business cards scattered all over tables because you can tell who the networker was because there's more than one of their cards all over the room. Yeah, if I, if I didn't ask for your card, I probably don't want it. Yeah, and, and it's, that's not necessarily meant to be rude or meant that you're not an interesting person or that what you do isn't fantastic or maybe you are the best in the world at what you do. If you're the best deliverer of babies in the world and I don't have any intention of getting married or have children or want to have children and I happen to be a guy, a gynecologist is just not up my alley, <laughs> just not that's something true. that I need, you know. <laughs> um, you know it, it rhymes over here, yeah, that's me. You know, and that's, a, that's an extreme kind of a, a scenario and, and other people would say, well, maybe they'll know somebody. Okay, stop expecting a friend of a friend to promote your business. Well, and, and honestly, if you're having a good conversation with someone and you've, you know, you've talked about what you both do, maybe there is a connection, you talk a little bit more, and then they say, you know, I'm really interested in working with you. Or, I'm, or my cousin might need you. They'll, again, yeah. they're going to bring sincere. it up. They're going to look, they're gonna for, look you, for it. Yes. And, and it is. We've got all these great social networking sites now where they can do a little research on you, too, which is Yep. which is really nice if you work especially, you know, in the visual, yes. any, any type of Everything is becoming should, very visual now. They should now. be able to see kind of what kind of person you are yeah. by what you're At posting, least from the business, yeah. What you've, you know, what you've got up on your Facebook or on your LinkedIn or on your Twitter. There's a lot that you can tell about a person maybe outside of that first impression that you have of them. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yes, and with that, the caution, watch what you post. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep everything in line with what it is that you... That, right, where, you're trying, where your brand is trying to go. Exactly. Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, located in the heart of downtown Bellevue, across from Joey's. It's a perfect place to check out their four-way to make your little house feel like a home. Buy art. It makes you feel better. We're going to play the interview that we had with Brian Bruce. Um, I'm excited to introduce our listeners to him. Here's a listen Have to what he had to say. Um, you are an owner-operator getting started, and we are here at Fazos in Redmond for your little introduction, which it's not even so little, but this is fantastic. Um, I'm drinking your Tempranillo, which I have to tell you, Tempranillo is, I swear to God, my favorite wine <laughs> ever. So tell us about your wine, what it's called, and how you got started doing this. Uh, so Omnivore Cellars is the name of the winery. Uh, I started making wine because I was uh, certifying as a sommelier and uh, became, let's just say, uh, falling out of love with the testing process of the sommelier and falling into love with the making of wine, the, the passion that's in the bottle. Uh, the Tempranillo that you're drinking is actually my, my second vintage of Tempranillo. The first uh, sold out in just a couple months. Uh, there isn't much Tempranillo grown in Washington, but there's a lot of 
similarities between the high desert plains here in Washington and the high desert plains of Spain, where Tempranillo is, uh, is from. Uh, so, and I've, the bulk of my library at home is Spanish Tempranillo, so <laughs> I kind of wanted to craft one in, in that fashion. Kind of a natural progression for you. It is. It's, uh, it's baby steps. You know, but I love it. Yeah. Now I have to say too, the second wine that I saw that you guys are featuring tonight is a Viognier. And again, I don't know how you nailed it, but that is my favorite white wine. <laughs> I have yet to come to an event where the two featured wines are my favorite, which, yeah, that's a little narcissistic of me, but still, they're 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 beautiful wines. And, and for me, a Viognier is such a mouthfuling, juicy, exotic wine that well, it's, it's beautiful. It's kind of funny because the, how, that's how I came up with Omnivore, is uh, wanting to make a wine that could go with everything, and that is just impossible. So I yeah. quickly realized that within the white wine world, there's a bell curve of flavors and richness, and you know, like a dry or, or a sweet Rieslings on one end, and a really full-bodied, rich Viognier on the other. So uh -huh. Omnivore, the goal is to make you know, about seven whites. I've got the Viognier now, and I'm working my way back to the to the, uh, let's say, drier or um, less full-bodied style. Uh, for reds, I make four different reds. Um, I'm seeing maybe a Zinfandel on the bigger-bodied side of the red and a oh, Pinot wow. Noir. And I, make, I have Mouvet and Merlot and uh, looking for some Grenache or Grenache. Oh, fine. So it's part of the brand identity is... If no one wine can go with anything, you can make a wine that can go with anything. It's just going to be about 17 different wines. <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. So where can listeners find your wines now? Uh, mainly in restaurants. Uh, like here in Spaza, they, they're, uh, they serve the Cabernet Franc. Uh, Ethan Stowell and Maria Hines, they're both um, James Beard award-winning chefs, have been great supporters of mine. The wines are on the shelf at uh, Wine World. Um, and then my website, omnivorecellars.com. And that would be spelled O-M-N-I-V-O-R-E, sellers.com, correct? Yep. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for yep. sharing with us and taking time. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Um, we try not to talk a lot too much about local events because we've got a national following, but... Uh, Part of what makes this area so rich is a lot of the local events and the wineries that come behind them. Uh, so it's always fun to feature these new startups and introduce them because a lot of times you can go to their wine tasting rooms um, on, online and order their wines and ship them. And it's, to me, that's one of the best uh, social icebreakers. If you're going to do a private party or if you're doing a, a corporate party and you want to bring something just totally different and unique, go to another state, find one of their fabulous wines and order a case and, and have it because everybody's going to go, where'd that come from? Um, interestingly enough, if you're on the East Coast or you're down South, do the same thing with like a Rainier beer or a Paps beer because uh, they're not easily available um, for you to get. So it just creates a very fun, different dynamic feel to an event. There was an article that just uh, showed Washington, I believe, is the number one state for uh, most new breweries. Oh, wow. So, like, with 164, most breweries overall, uh -huh. and they're just popping up left and right. And I have a buddy that lives on the East Coast. He sends me beer every now and then. Great way to do it because a lot of brands are local. That's awesome. Regional. Regional, yeah. Very fun. Well, and then taking that 
you know, you may you may not live here, but um, if you're ever visiting too, oh yeah, taking taking yeah. something back, something taking very something local back. back, going going to um, you know, I I live in Woodenville now, and I love being oh, able to drive Woodville. through. Oh. It's so it's become so beautiful and quaint with the wineries. It's really there's such an improvement. It was a great place before, but now it's just it's got very cultural rich. Feel. Yeah. Yes, growing and fun. So, yeah, uh, definitely check out the different wineries in different areas. You'd be amazed anywhere that you go in the United States how many states have wine wineries now and wine tasting rooms. It's become all the rage. So check out your local area, and when you're out and about, uh, do some research and find something fun to bring back. Uh, socially unacceptable, I wanted to chat a little bit. I thought this was a really good one when you're talking about um, socially savvy thinking up. Uh, it's unacceptable to make others responsible for your social experience to make it great. I, a lot of people want to blame somebody else for what's going on. Um, my flip side to that is don't, get any, don't give anyone that kind of power. Why would you make somebody else responsible for you having a good time in a social environment? Um, if you show up, I see this all the time in private things when somebody hosts a party. And they invite a very broad demographic, which means not all these people know each other. And inadvertently, one or two people show up and they start pouting because the host isn't hanging out with them. Um, the, the whole idea, if somebody is inviting you, is they think a lot about you or they think, they think highly of you and they want to share you with other people. They may make those first introductions, but you need to take the responsibility to step forward and go, hey, ha, da-da-da, I'm so-and-so. This is, um, I know so-and-so because of blah, blah, blah. You know, it's very, very simple icebreaking. Well, and that's, Ryan said it, he said make me friends. And I love that, that is one of the beautiful things about socializing. It's not about sticking with the same group of people over yeah. and over again. And that is, there is a comfort zone there to always have someone there that you know, and that's where the hostess is. They're the connector of everybody. But it's just like social friends. Yeah. Connecting with that. And if you're looking at making new networking people, maybe that's why they brought you over but they're not going to be the ones that introduce you. You need to go out and sell yourself. Right. That's what a lot of networking is. You need to sell yourself. It, right. And you can tell who's good at it and who's not. Yeah. Well, and the key to it, I think, is, is knowing, you know, what to say and how much to say. Uh, <laughs> I always think about it like this. When you're reading a book, when you open that first page, you don't know the whole guts of the book. No. There's an introduction. And if you like the introduction, you'll read the rest of the book. If you don't, well, you may skip to the end, and then you'll find out really whether or not you want to read the book. And I think a lot of people approach socializing that way. Well, and, and another thing, and I brought this up earlier, too, is when you're socializing with someone else, you're, you're as a couple or you're there with a friend, I think a good rule of thumb, and, and I try to keep this myself, is you may be there together, but you're still an individual. Yeah. You know, when when you separate a little bit and allow each other to have that freedom to, you know, get to know the people that are there, it's just, it's so much better. Because sometimes it is, you know, people are less approachable sometimes when they're, yeah. like, attached to the At hip. the hip, yeah. Well, it excludes you from a lot of other conversations. People feel uncomfortable. The other thing is, is when you're standing in a group, if you stand in a circle and somebody doesn't move to make an opening for that group, that group will stay closed off. You will not meet any other people it's a natural thing for people when, when there's an opening for somebody to step in. When there's not, people will shy away. Yeah, and I wish our listeners could see you 
making that movement. What? <laughs> the opening of the circle. The opening of the circle? Oh, <laughs> we need video. <laughs> no, we do not need video. We do not need video. Not yet. <laughs> um, and then finally, understanding that the, the true purpose of socializing is about getting to know people and um, genuinely connecting. So, you know, don't be competitive, combative, don't um, egg people on. You know, a social scene is not the place to uh, drop heavy topics like strong politics, uh, religious beliefs. There's nothing wrong with having conversations in those realms, but you need to make sure that you're doing it in a way that, um, again, is on the happier side of things. You know, like when the Pope came in, you know, isn't it great that there's a new Pope? Isn't it great that everybody was so happy to see him? Isn't it great? You know, focus on the positive things, and if you start to see somebody going down a, a you know, a, a nasty way, you've got to be able to help kind of pull that conversation. If you're going to bring up something as controversial as religion, politics, something like that, you've got to make sure you can maintain control of that conversation so it stays pleasant. Well, and I think a lot of those conversations sometimes are just best saved for, I'd say, the maybe family socializing yeah. or the oh, no. Ryan's socializing. Going, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's my role too. But, you know, there are a lot of people who are really into that. And, and there are definitely, um, you know, specific venues to do that. And so yeah. remembering the, the well, purpose for the venue. If and you're and at I've a seen, uh, uh, yeah, if you're at an event where that's not appropriate, totally. I've seen where people have gotten together um, and two people decide that they want to have a very intense conversation, you can do that. You're functioning fully, acting adult, go into another room. Take it away from the general population so that you don't um, hurt anybody. And everybody, uh, you know, we use these words like offend. Well, I don't really care if I offend somebody. Okay, but do you care if you hurt somebody? What's the difference between offending and hurting? Well, typically the difference between offending and hurting is somebody who is offended is not going to tell you that you hurt them. It's a defensive mechanism, and they're going to ruffle their feathers, and they're going to get in your face. Well, and we're talking about being socially savvy. Yeah. Socially unsavvy and not turning everybody off. A social jackass. <laughs> Just saying. So some ideas there on how to sync up your social experience to what you want it to be and have a little bit of control. Um, if you have any comments or questions about what we were talking about today, please feel free to go to our Facebook page, Socially Savvy. Um, post questions. Ask us, you know, to let us know about things you want us to be talking about, uh, questions that you have, comments. If you have an opinion, we love hearing about it. We love talking about it on air. Um, with our show now national, we have started putting all of our local events on Facebook. So be sure to check them out throughout the week for social events coming up. You can go to LB Duchess and Socially Savvy, Socially Savvy Eastside Events and Entertainment Pages for more information. Um, but since we were chatting about the Raising of the R today, uh, we want to let you know to go to RestoreTheR.com for more information on that event. Um, quick question, do we know if there is going to be any um, live streaming video of coverage of this? Or I'm assuming um, that I don't be believe so. There's going to be... Uh I don't, there might even be live tweeting. I know there's live tweeting tomorrow for where the R is going to be. I think there's more information at the RestoreTheR.com on, like, how to follow that. Um, but I believe they are doing, like, a documentary of it. Very cool. And there's, I mean, there's a lot going into this. Um, this is not a small thing that even we're putting together just with the R going up. There's a whole scene behind everything. I mean, if you live in the area and you have the night to make it down, it's just, it's going to be historic. Please be part of it. I love it. Thank you so much for being a part of today, Ryan. 
Um, we want to thank our sponsors today, Leonie Sellers, Rainier Beer, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, Pop Chips, Daniel Spurler, and the Pain Center of Bellevue. Um, we want to remind you all to subscribe to the Socially Savvy Show to be entered into our drawing for prizes from our savvy sponsors, and check us out on iTunes. Make all the social events atten- that you attend better because you were there, and have a Socially Savvy Week, everyone. Ciao. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.